tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. The Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focusing on hard-to-find small-batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Gangier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest owned Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters, Otto, John C., Helen, and Herrick. Thank you, everybody, for coming to tonight's, to tonight's event, where we'll be discussing and answering questions about the Caucus Preservation Act. Uh, I think this is... A great opportunity to learn more. We're excited to be here from the standpoint of the caucus committee to uh, allow people to learn more about the CPA and understand the rationale behind the decisions we made to uh, suggest what is being suggested. Uh, the format for tonight will be me speaking. Uh, hopefully that's okay with everyone in the audience. We have some wonderful people here from the caucus committee. I don't expect them to be answering questions or participating. I may call upon them to do so. They've uh, joined here uh, this evening to uh, participate and be available uh, for more questions. I would also like to thank the other people in the caucus committee who have come tonight. And I see a lot of other people who have been on previous caucus committees for attending. So thank you for coming out. Uh, first, I'd like to inter- let the, the, the people on my left and right here from the caucus committee introduce themselves. I'm the current president of the caucus committee, and I'm pleased to be here tonight. So I did prepare some slides. Uh, For those of you that recoil when you see a PowerPoint presentation, I hope this isn't too bad. We'll we'll try to make the the evening engaging and interactive, but I thought it was helpful to actually write some things down to use as a basis for our uh, sharing of information and discussion tonight. So what are we going to do tonight? Well, we're going to summarize the CPA and the rationale behind various decisions of the changes that are being proposed, and then we're going to allow some Q&A about the CPA. So what I'd like to propose is to hold questions until the Q&A session 
which should be about 30 minutes if we get through this information. So I'm, I'm hoping that's a, a good amount of time to have a very productive discussion. And if anyone can't hear me or uh, can't understand me, please do ask a question and I'll repeat myself. So first, let's reinforce what the mission of the caucus is. Our mission is to identify, evaluate, and recommend volunteers for appointment to city boards and commissions and election to city council, mayor, and school boards. This is a merit-based selection process. Who is the caucus committee? Uh, we are 43 elected citizen representatives who have no agenda other than to fulfill our mission without bias or agenda. So we are entirely focused on talking to a lot of wonderful people in this community on their motivations to serve, their interest to serve, um, what their skill set is, what their capabilities are, so that we can recommend them to serve in their various positions. And this takes uh, a lot of work, a lot of hours of work, and we have a variety of different processes that support us in this endeavor. What are we seeking in volunteers? I mentioned it's a merit-based process. This, this slide summarizes the key attributes that we're looking for. I'm not going to read them all, but one of the things that you don't see up here are specific types of experience with specific types of boards and commissions. Sometimes that's relevant and we, we value that but we're also looking for the ability to go into any sort of a situation on any board or commission or any elected position and be able to work with others to solve problems. That people that come through our process uh, have experience doing this. They can cite examples of how they've done it in their professional life, in their personal life, in their other volunteer life, so that we know that when we do recommend somebody based on this experience, they'll be able to draw upon that independent of the types of problems that they're being asked to solve. For instance, nobody could have predicted that a pandemic would be before us a few years ago, uh, but hopefully we put forward people that can solve problems that that pandemic pl uh, placed upon the community, that are looking at problems from the perspective of data, that are striving to make objective decisions, and work with others to come to the best solution proposals for the community. I want to talk about the process that the caucus committee used to propose the CPA. Uh, a subcommittee was established to review the current bylaws and make recommendations. Anybody on the caucus committee was able to join the subcommittee and participate on this team. Uh, it was open to anybody in good standing, and uh, we had a number of different people who participated from all four wards that came together over many weeks, starting in August, to look at these bylaws, to examine where we might make changes, discuss numerous different types of uh, options and considerations, and finally come to a collective recommendation that was presented to the full caucus committee. And uh, the full caucus committee uh, analyzed, it, analyzed the information that was presented, discussed it, and voted overwhelmingly to adopt these recommendations. So in summary, what is the Caucus Preservation Act? 
The purpose and objective of this amendment to the caucus bylaws is to ensure that the caucus mission is preserved, that we continue to have an objective and transparent process that has made Lake Forest municipal government free from agenda-based politics for 90 years. This is the summary of why we're doing it. This is why we're making certain changes, and we'll talk through those individually. I want to summarize each one of these changes uh, at a higher level. There's five of them. The first one is to remove two uses of regularly related to meetings. The second is to ensure that time served as a ward chair won't count against an officer term limit. Uh, the third is to eliminate at the annual meeting the ratifying elected position vote. The fourth is to eliminate at the spring meeting the uh, caucus officer ratifying vote. And then the fifth is to allow the spring meeting to be held in April. So all the changes in the bylaws surface up to these five uh, reasons. And what I'd like to do now is talk about each one of these in more detail and talk about the rationale that was used to uh, suggest that these be made. So remove regularly. Let's talk about the easy one. Uh, we're, the, the rationale behind this is that our meetings with the caucus committee, and there's different types, are held out of necessity and can be irregular in frequency. The word regular uh, that was used twice within our bylaws actually did cause some confusion on what meetings committee members must attend relative to Section 609 to removal. And then finally, this was not done to empower the president to reduce or eliminate meetings and stifle, uh, stifle participation. The reason that we're uh, addressing the word time served is that we want to permit a capable watcher to serve Lake Forest as caucus president. Uh, war chair after one year of service would have to be appointed vice president to then serve as president. Anyone with aspirations to lead the caucus committee as officer may not agree to be war chair if there is a limit or a, um, uh, uh, we impair that war chair's ability to be president. Uh, war chair experience is very valuable to help lead the caucus committee, so we don't want to impair that leadership. This also expands the available pool for officer selection. Eliminating the elected position uh, ratifying vote. Uh, we want to present the disruption of the caucus process and uh, invalidate quality volunteers chosen for merit. That's what we want to prevent. Uh, Residents can still vote for or against caucus candidates in any general election. Any resident can run against a caucus candidate in any general election. Any resident can join the caucus committee. Uh, the community does not vote for candidates at the annual meeting and never has. It's historically been far less than 1% of registered voters in Lake Forest. We feel it's not a constructive process to allow a super minority to eliminate hundreds of hours of community work. Uh, there's a risk that small agenda-driven non-community representative group may invalidate this work to the detriment of the entire community. Invalidating this work does risk reducing interest to serve on 
the caucus committee. So this is the rationale that we uh, feel uh, is the reason for uh, taking this action, number three. Eliminating the caucus committee officer ratifying vote. Uh, the caucus committee members who are serving with each other, the 40 or so members, know best among them who has the skills, the experience, the dedication, and time to serve as officers. They see this on a, on a weekly basis. They know who are uh, inspiring them, motivating them, who are putting in the time and capabilities. Uh, these officers come from a very small pool of 8 to 10 people per year due to turnover, capability, interest, and time commitment. There's seven officers, and there's four ward chairs that make up the executive committee. So this is a very small pool to begin with to select from. A one-year officer term mitigates the risk that any sustained long-term agenda may be uh, embraced by uh, the officers of, a, uh, of the caucus committee. The reason that we're suggesting the spring meeting be held uh, in April is to permit more flexibility for scheduling due to different dates for spring breaks. I want to run through some questions uh, that uh, we've received and may be in your minds relative to CPA before we go into the full Q&A. Do these changes suggest the caucus committee is consolidating authority? I want to stress that each one of these changes is independent of each other, and they're not intended to collectively advance some sort of agenda to consolidate authority or permit the current officers from continuing their service and create some sort of uh, agenda within the caucus committee. Uh, doesn't this allow officers to stack the committee with leaders with similar agendas? As I mentioned, the, the committee and the officers change each year with about a third of the committee replaced. So that's anywhere around 12 to, to 15 people. Uh, officers change each year at the same rate. Uh, does this allow war chairs to serve in leadership positions for an inordinate amount of time? Uh, no, we don't feel that way. Uh, the, someone could serve as a ward chair for three years, and then as any of the specific seven officer positions on the caucus committee, same as anyone else, uh, this does allow a strong leader, someone who has proven themselves, put in the work, created a, a, a good team within the ward, learned the processes, demonstrated efficiency as a ward chair to serve as president. Historically, ward chairs only serve one year. Very, very rarely uh, do they serve more than one year. Does removing regular imply caucus leadership is reducing the number of meetings to consolidate authority and limit participation? No. Uh, this is nothing more than a change to acknowledge that caucus meetings are held as needed and often on an irregular schedule. Uh, they're held as necessary to fulfill the mission of the of the caucus committee. In fact, uh, that's one of the things we really have to balance is the number of meetings. People have their, their personal lives, their lives, and we try to do the best possible to uh, respect that, but also serve, uh, serve the mission of the caucus committee. Are these changes designed to prevent a contested election? No. Uh, the committee has no desire to prevent any group from contesting caucus candidates in a general election. Does this mean the caucus committee does not want resident input? Absolutely not. 
Uh, we want resident input. Uh, we want residents to serve on the caucus committee and provide continuous feedback. Uh, I participated in the legal women voters forum a couple weeks ago, and there was a question about what's the biggest risk to the caucuses uh, in the area. And I feel one of the biggest risks to our caucus is people not wanting to participate in municipal government, to not want to get involved on the caucus committee, to not want to get involved on boards and commissions, or even come through the process to be considered uh, for elected positions. That's the biggest risk that I feel that we have within our community to continue to sustain the excellence that we see in, in Lake Forest municipal government uh, that is truly representative of the residents in Lake Forest because it consists of all the residents in Lake Forest. I think we're doing a pretty good job here, time-wise. We've gone much faster than I thought through the slides. So that means we have uh, a, good, a, good, a good amount of time for, for questions. So what I'd like to propose, if you do have a question, to state your name. It's always great to, to, to meet new people and learn who you are in the community when you ask a question. And uh, why don't we start that process now? Uh, first, let me take a drink, and then we can get started. Yes, please. Ward 3, I served in the caucus from 2013 to 2019, uh, so I am a little familiar with the bylaws. One of the things I do remember during my term uh, on the caucus is that the committee has no more, uh, their vote is equal to the vote of every citizen, and that we are all technically caucus members of all the citizens in Lake Forest registered voters and should have the ability to participate fully. Given that background, so I pulled out the bylaws from uh, uh, the preservation from your site. I pulled out the changes from your site. A little difficult to get to. And I put them side by side to see the changes. And I think it would... <coughs> I think the people here would appreciate doing that. Otherwise, what you put up with just saying we're making these amendments don't have any context. Uh, and context is very important to prevent misunderstandings of the process. Um, caucus does a lot of work. I remember it's a, it just, a never ending process. But having served in the caucus, I realized that once you're off the caucus, you tend to go for the caucus candidates, but it doesn't necessarily mean you always agree with everyone. Because I do recall a couple times during my term when uh, candidates were put forward, we had a closed vote, we had ties, we had both like just one person speaking fast. Uh, currently, Ward 3 doesn't have its full representation on the caucus, so you're less than 43 votes. Given all that, I think it's important to focus on, you're going to make change, change the bylaws, which are the guidelines, then we should have before and after. Specifically addressing that as opposed to the mission of the caucus, all that stuff, because that sounds like fillers. 
what I was concerned on this topic was misunderstanding that uh, we have given up our right to the caucus when we elect them to speak on our behalf and citizens don't do that. Citizens have every right to vote and to take away that right at the annual meeting is a serious issue. Uh, one of the pros and cons that I thought might be useful after I attended the, the caucus uh, the, of Women Voters Forum was having small meetings like this, uh, but a little more focused uh, meetings that would give us all an opportunity to understand not so much the caucus process, but why are we changing the bylaws, which have, as you pointed out, served us for 90 years, so why would we change them? This rationale that you do a lot of work is not the rationale to change. Okay, is there a particular, do you want to dive into a particular area and we can clarify that? It's, the rationale isn't just that we do a lot of work. Uh, we, we can go through the rationale again if you feel that's helpful, but there's, there's a number of reasons why we're doing it. And what I'd like to propose here is that we could put the bylaws up here on the screen and go through the changes. But I, I think what I'd like to focus on is, is taking specific questions for the audience. And we do have these bylaws uh, available on our website, both the, the, chain, the bylaws marked with changes and the bylaws, uh, the original bylaws. Uh, so they are there. And if they're difficult to find, please, please let me know. We thought we did a good job of it by putting big, giant white boxes on our webpage, and there's links to them in our email. So if there is some challenges to finding them, we, we, can, we can certainly look at doing a better job of making them available. Yes? Jeffrey, is, is Jeffrey. Jeffrey? Thank you for asking that. So, why would why would this jeopardize the caucus? I, I think there's a, a not number. Doing it. Why, would not why not doing it? Uh, I think there's a number of different reasons. I think first and foremost is that uh, the the mission of the caucus as a whole is to find the best qualified volunteers for the merits that I I showed before. And the individuals that serve on the caucus that have been elected as representatives to do the work are um, the ones committed to doing it through established processes. Uh, we, have, we have processes that have worked, and uh, they're done for a reason to ensure that the individuals that we find don't have agendas, that don't bring agendas into municipal government, that are focused on one singular issue, for instance, that once they get into a position and they've either advanced that issue or not, they lose interest and back out and then go back to whatever they're doing 
uh, satisfied one way or the other that they made an attempt to forward their issue or it didn't work out and then they're no longer interested. Uh, So I think that's one primary reason is because uh, we have no... um, uh, no degree of certainty that that other other um, uh, initiatives to find similar type volunteers haven't gone through such a process to ensure that that doesn't happen. And if this process was disrupted and we weren't able to continue doing it, that increases the risk that agendas could get instituted into municipal government. And what I'm alluding to is that those that that if there are a vote against these individuals, there's there's no guarantee on what those individuals voting against have aligned on to try to advance because they don't like a caucus. That that's 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 a closed door. You have no idea why. We are not our 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 door is open. Those merits are what we're looking for, uh, and that's what we're seeking. But. Those that are coming to say no, these individuals aren't qualified, no idea what, what's motivating them, none, other than what their specific personal agendas are at the time, whereas ours are very open. And we, we list what we look for in candidates very specifically and communicate that to the community. It's on our website. There was a question here. and It's Jim? Yeah, Jim Pacific. Served on the caucus. I was Ward Three Chair and also Vice President a uh, long time ago. Been a 40-year resident. But I think there's a perception that you are locking things down. And the other side is that you're not omniscient. I mean, you know, maybe you've gone through all the steps and all the procedures and you miss something. And there are a number of people, I don't think this community is out to hang anyone, but if there is something that they feel might be a detriment to the overall process that we have, that as you say, that's worked for 90 years, my feeling is that you're, you're, you're being a little too strident with this. Because if every member, every resident is a member of the caucus, now you're disenfranchising. Uh, thank you for your comments, and I do understand what you're saying. So we, we feel that the residents of Lake Forest have a choice. They can vote whomever they choose uh, in the general elections. They can vote for or against. They could even run as candidates in the general election. So ultimately, that is the choice. We also encourage people to get involved, to come and join the caucus committee, to express interest, be part of the process that uh, has been created to vet in detail these volunteers and candidates that we feel have the the best uh, qualities to represent the city. Uh, 
Yes, sir. Good, uh, Um An observation, I have a whole lot of questions, but I'll just boil it down to one. You used the word disrupted a number of times. Democracy is always messy the other times. I think it's probably, I'm not a member of the caucus, I've never been a member of the caucus. But I think you're uncomfortable. And I think when you're uncomfortable, that makes me very happy. I like for you to be uncomfortable because that's the way it should be. When somebody steps forward and says, I don't agree with you, that's the great start. This is the start of a great conversation. So when you're uncomfortable, I, I start to get really happy. So if you, if this is the Preservation Act, you should increase transparency, not decrease transparency. I don't even know what the wording of this is. And it's a week away, right? What's the wording of, the, of this? And sometimes the wording can get very tricky. So that's my first question. If you want to increase transparency, we get one shot at electing our representatives to the caucus. What's their voting record? When key issues come up in the caucus, how do they vote? That's my second question. We never get another shot to see if they should be reelected. So what's going on there? And then what's the checks and balance if this thing passes? To the point that it was made, you're omniscient. Good for you. Now I'm getting uncomfortable, and I don't like that. So, sure. Why don't we take each one of these in turn, uh, Joe? Which one of the three yeah, questions well, did you want to answer? There's a common theme with all these questions. It's about the checks and balances, and really, this is about a representative government, right? This is what you're electing 43 people to do the work on your behalf. Yes, you are. That, that's what the caucus has always been the over the, the last 90 years. It's not the, the checks and balances that exist. Right, are nothing in the bylaws prevents a contested election. So ultimately, if we, if the caucus were to get it wrong with the candidate, the community can can back a candidate to contest the caucus. But backing up even before that process, there's nothing in the bylaws that's either um, that's in there now that, or what we're proposing, that doesn't give us the ability and the authority to change our vote from the time the annual we introduce a candidate at the annual election to when we have to file the paperwork. So in the case where we've missed something, we're able as a body of 43 to go back and say, you know, you know, go back to the drawing board and pick another candidate. Well, with all due respect, you know, this isn't a relevant option. The, the, the group voted, the, the, the town voted, and you ignored it. So why don't you just keep ignoring it? Could, could, could I, uh, we didn't ignore it. Uh, we, we we did it. We did it. We did it. I think everyone in this room would like to know who the legal counsel was that told you that this bylaw was not binding. We have a lot of questions that are coming in here. John, I'm here, but can we just take all these questions in turn? So I, th this gentleman also had a question about uh, how people voted. Can, can you, wh what were you referencing that? Are you, reference, are you referencing candidates that have served like for us, like city councilmen and how no, they no, voted? No, what no, are you no, referencing? You said before that we have a chance of electing representatives to the caucus, but we don't know how they vote in the caucus. So you talk about transparency. So how do we know how they vote on certain issues in the caucus? They represent us. What's the check and balance if we're unhappy with their vote? We don't, we don't vote on issues. We vote on candidates. We vote on commissioners, um, people of committee members. We don't, we don't vote on this? We vote on... No. 
No, this, this is being this proposed. This, this, is, this, is, administrative. this is being proposed. This is how we operate. This, will, this gives us this? guidance on how to operate. You're voting to change this. Just so, look, oh, excuse me. Let, let's try to keep this in sequence so we can answer each one. We voted as a committee to change the bylaws. And per the bylaws, there's a 30-day notice of the community. It requires to actually change and affect the bylaws. It requires a two-thirds majority vote at the annual meeting. So uh, we, as a caucus body, overwhelmingly voted to propose these changes to strengthen the caucus, to preserve the caucus, and to do the work that we were elected to do as caucus members. It gives meaning to the caucus. To the fact that we've put in six months of work to vet 20 candidates for mayor last year, and that 300 people could show up and undo that work, that is not democracy. That is no, democracy was to put your own candidate up in the community, show up to the ballot box. Hey, hey Joe, hey, Joe, let, let's just sequence this in. So I, I want to make a comment. There's a lot of good questions. We'll get, we'll get to it. We'll get to all the questions. So there was a question here about you want to see who your representatives, who voted for what. So there's a couple reasons why we don't disclose in our group who voted for what for what purposes or reasons. One is, is primarily uh, the majority of the decisions we're making are comparing and contrasting the qualities of different individuals, your neighbors in this community. And we don't think it's in the best interest to disclose how I might have voted for my neighbor or Regina might have voted for her neighbor and why we did that. Because that is personal information. Would volunteers, would, would people in our community be willing to come forward and put themselves uh, under the, the, the gun to be, to be interviewed and asked all these questions if they knew that the information that we talk about and how we judge them is released to the community, I think that would uh, not uh, uh, encourage people to volunteer, knowing that that type of information is released. Totally so, so that's that's one. That's the primary reason that we do not disclose how we vote as a committee within our meetings. I'm not talking about people. I'm not talking about you know when you're selected. You're talking about issues like this. So we can say that this was overwhelming. I'm not going to give the exact number, but it was overwhelming. Uh, the the the, the, the the committee as a whole voted. And overwhelmingly approved that we go forward to recommend these bylaws changes to the community. Okay. I, just, I just stand by my words. Your actions don't match your words. What actions don't match the words? You say transparent, you're not transparent. We're not transparent about how we specifically vote for things because I don't think it's in the best interest of the people that come through this process for us to be disclosing specifically if they were voted against 21 to 20. Or we're not going to agree. So. For, I'm just explaining that the, the, the action is not meeting the words. I'm just explaining that our actions do meet our words because we're consistently following those words. Those are our actions. Thank you. Okay. Um, John, would you like to go with your question? How many questions do you have? Can we, can we do one here? I just want to ask it this way. Sure. Because the, the, the bylaws were adopted in 1955, for those of you who know that. There was 20 years before that. The caucus did work, literally worked, in the basement of a bunch of men smoking cigars. It literally was that. The city got a little upset with that. They called for a meeting. In 1955, they had their first meeting. 
uh, with the town who were demanding more transparency with the caucus because they felt they didn't have a vote and the right. In 1955, the caucus adopted their bylaws. It's our belief that this vote was in in 1955. We can trace it back to 1971. So there's still 52 years that this vote has been in place. Every year, spring, every year, fall. Never once has a caucus candidate lost in that election or in that vote. Never once until Randy Tech. And I think this is very important because what you put on your website, this special interest, this voter manipulation, this Prue Bidler's private email that you guys decided to put out there or the Mike Edelman email that came out on your servers was horrific when it came out. But more importantly, what I, what I don't understand is you've lost one vote and now your reaction, and, and we did, we at Lake Forest for Transparency did survey the people that were there. There were over 60 people that showed up to that vote because Randy Tack didn't show up to the meeting on the third rail in his own ward at the time. There was another group of people that showed up at that meeting because of the 5-0 vote from the, the Historic Plan Commission to not allow that piece of property to start being built next to the library and was. And there were those that were upset that there weren't more male leadership in our caucus. That's not one agenda, Joe. That's multiple agendas. And people showing up to vote, and if you were at the meeting that Chris was at, because Chris heard it, were in Winneka, not only do they have an oversight committee, they have almost 60% of the residents respond to their surveys. Ours had 2,000 people last year respond to that survey. I put that on the caucus. And more, moreover, you're taking a bazooka to an ant by taking this vote away right now because you got caught with your pants down last April and you got pissed off and you reacted badly. I've asked time and time again, I wrote a letter to all of you asking who is the lawyer? Who is the lawyer that gave you legal advice? Can't be a city council member, that's in your bylaws. So who is the lawyer that gave you the legal opinion to say that this vote was non-binding? You put it in your literature. You sent it out to us that there was a lawyer, but you didn't disclose who that lawyer was. Adversely, what ended up happening is 24 hours later, you came back to clear the vote non-binding, put Randy Tack back up as a candidate. People showing up to a vote is, are people expressing their views, especially if they're dissatisfied with what the caucus is doing. Not trying to come up with a special agenda, because I'm sorry, I'm tired of hearing you guys say how much work you keep putting in. We appreciate that. But the two are mutually exclusive. You putting in all this work to come up with 100 plan and, and, and committee members and you're, you're vetting for your, your aldermen and your school board and your mayor, we applaud you for that and we thank you for that. And I've loved this caucus city government since 1966 when my family moved here. But right now, the door is closing. The door is closing quickly. The reaction to Randy Tech, all your other candidates cleared fine. There was no problem. Only one candidate lost, only once ever in your election, and six months later you're saying, whoops, we're taking the vote away, can't have the vote anymore. I don't understand the rationale, and I think there's a lot of people in this room that don't understand the rationale behind pulling a vote out of a, a process. You're taking our vote away. That's Period. why I'm here. Here, here. So we could go, uh, and I hear, I hear what you're saying. Would it be helpful to go through these, the, the rationale again? Because that is our rationale, what we previously explained. So, so there's a difference between, excuse me, let's, excuse me. There's a difference between, yeah, there's a difference, but was there a question there? What is your question, I'm not sure. But, why are you taking the 
taking this photo with. You still have three days to take this off the we, table. We, five days. I thought I presented it. I thought I did. I think the two candidate system and give us one or the other. Why don't you come up with maybe being clear on what the bylaw is on voting as opposed to just outright taking it away? I think we explained it. I can go back and offer the rationale again. And it's okay if you don't agree with it. But I do feel we've explained it. If we haven't explained it, I can go back again and go into more detail. You understand you're, we are going back to that dusky, smoky basement. <clears throat> so you vote Thursday. Track. Show up Thursday and vote. So, so we, 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 we feel that you... We will. We will. Okay. You, you do. Like you did for Prue's election, right? Yeah. Just a transparency. We we we, we uh, hold on everybody come on guys guys please please we're here to ask questions about this everybody yeah everybody's got opinions right about whether they like it or not what we're here to do is explain why we're doing it and the rationale behind it so that you can understand it and if we'd like to debate these things I'm more than happy to do it after the meeting in a hallway uh, yes yes you have thank you so much. During the spring meeting, there was not an option to vote no on the ballot. Okay, so will there be an option to vote no on this ballot? And B, how transparent are you going to be about the counting? Because frankly, I have zero trust in the caucus now, whereas I, I've lived here for 25 years. I used to trust the caucus implicitly. I, can't, I campaigned for caucus candidates, I did it all. And I have zero trust in this group that's going to actually count the votes in a true and honest and open forum. So your first question is, what what is the ballot going to look like? Is it going to be a on, and on no? the annual meeting? It it will be a yes or no for the CPA Act. It will also be yes or no for each one of the um, candidates that we're putting forward. What candidate? We have candidates for city council that are going to be put forward at okay. the annual meeting. So Thank you for expressing that opinion. Uh, we have actually multiple people that do the counting on the caucus committee, which is validated by the secretary. And in the past, we have had somebody who has been there to confirm it. We may have that again. I would suggest that. Thank you. Thank if you. Yes, we've we've had that in the past. We've had an independent person there in the past. It's not who votes that counts. Thank you for saying that. We understand that, and we take our our jobs very seriously. And I don't I don't think it should be implied that we're purposefully miscounting votes. But that's what's being implied, and I don't think that that should be implied because we have never done that. And uh, we have uh, we're committed to doing the, the correct uh, arithmetic. Um, so I, I think I answered the question about how we're going to proceed uh, this the, uh, around the annual meeting. Uh, Mr. Adams. I'm Mike Adams. Uh, I served on the caucus 2017 to 2021. Um, I do trust you guys, the caucus. I trust each and every one of you. I know what it's like to serve on the caucus. It's not easy. Um, anybody who's done it knows that it, 
incredible amount of work that goes on, not just September to April, but also in the summertime. So when I see the proposal and the reaction and what happened last November, the contested situation, the division, I see a community that loves the system and it looks like it's trying to be get tinkered with. And I think you guys have an opportunity to let this thing go this time. Take it off the ballot next Tuesday. And let's all get together as a community. Pete, please, please, please let Mike finish. Please let Mike finish. ideas. Have a, have a few. Say again. I was on the clock. Okay. my president. Pete, please, please let him finish. He made, he made me Shame have to donate money. Shame on you. Pete, Pete. Pete, we, 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 have to, we have to let people ask the questions. Please. At the end of the day, we have a system that's worked for close to 90 years. It does need a little bit of a look over again, for sure. I think there are other ways to entertain the annual meeting vote. You can't take it away, though. You just, you just can't. I, I just don't think that's an option in any caucus system, whether it's Glencoe or Metcalfe. Okay, we understand. Thank you, Mike. And thank you for your service. Uh, yes, sir. I got a question. How many people voted in this uh, so-called caucus election? Which one are you referring one, to? What exactly? We had the uh, caucus uh, games for ballots or, or, uh, or mayor on. You're talking about the election last November, yeah, yeah, the whatever it was, the 7th. How many people total, total valid? I think there was around 500. Okay. So... In a democracy, 500 people who, in an election that no one ever voted on before, some special interest group gets their people out to vote for this. Uh, and that should triumph over a general election where the same person had an option to run, did, and lost. So what we're saying is that, some people here are saying is that this election of 500 people turned out because they were recruited by a certain person <clears throat> to come and vote an election where in the past no one paid any attention to. Uh, people are saying that this should triumph over a general election where anybody who wants to run against a caucus candidate has the ability to run and did. Uh, uh, to me, democracy is the general election. I mean, I, what am I missing here? So I, I'm not going to pretend to understand what people are saying. They have their own opinions. Thank you for stating yours. Uh, one of our rationales is that we indeed are elected to represent the community and put forward the candidates that we feel are best able to represent the community. Uh, the uh, 300 or so that voted um, against somebody in the prior election, from our perspective, are not representative of the community as a whole. They're less than 2% of the registered voters in the community. And if those individuals um, had prevented the candidate from going forward, he wouldn't be our mayor. And our community voted overwhelmingly uh, last April to elect this person. So they reaffirmed the decision that the caucus committee made and uh, reaffirmed that I think the trust that the community should have in the caucus committee. Because ultimately it was the correct decision as it was the results were, were, were overwhelming for, for who is mayor right now, to, to illustrate your, your point. Thank you. 
there was a hand here. Yeah, happy. There's somebody else I think that wanted to speak. I can't remember who's here. That's new. Thank you. I agree. I mean, your last statement is, is excellent. We should applaud people who get uh, information. In terms of how are the volunteers that we, we nominate and that we put forward, how they go about making decisions, that's entirely on them. We don't have a platform. Unlike the uh, caucus uh, from, uh, I think it was uh, Winneka, for instance, they create a platform. And they tell the people that they recommend what to represent in the community. We do not. We are looking for the merits that I described before. And they will work together in the moment to make the decisions that they make. So the city council also has a role in this municipal government. And the, municipal, uh, the city council can do what they do. And the caucus doesn't control that. We don't write the rules of the city to insist that the city council follows the recommendation of a board or a commission, that's entirely in their right to do whatever they're going to do. So I'm not sure how that, how the caucus would, would even be involved in something like that. That's, that's beyond our scope. Uh, Ted, did you have a question? A clarification. Winneka, what they do is they send out um, questionnaires and, and use data to accumulate what the community is looking for. And that's when they build their platform for their agenda. It's based on what the community wants. And they use electronical data. They, they're way advanced more than us. You know, they, and they're getting the community to give them their information of what they want their candidates to be. And vote on that platform. Okay. Yeah, but that's not the role of our caucus. I'm telling you that there's a clarification between what they're doing and what we're doing. And it's an important clarification. Yeah, that's very important. Sure, we could too. If we, if we decided that we wanted to be an institution that created a platform, we would have to go out and get data. And maybe we would do it the same way as Winneka, through surveys or whatever. But that's not the role of this caucus. We are not in that business. We're not in the business of creating agendas. We're in the business of putting forward the best candidates to go and serve the community. Uh, uh, Don. Don Adams, uh, Ward 2. The first thing is, quick question, is, is I just want to clarify, for anybody that doesn't know, but every year you put how many new caucus members, how many new caucus committee members are there? Typically a third. 12, right? Approximately. Probably 12 to 15 if somebody jumps off. Yes. So I think for a comfort of the community, 
that vote for caucus committee members should be as important as all the other elections, right? To get the right caucus committee members to serve you, which is where we are. And if you can't tell, I was a former caucus committee member. Um, the, the second thing is, how many um, candidates for those important votes, mayor, alderman, school board, members that you would, that they go through the ringer too, and they go through a lot of interviews with the caucus committee to go through the process to go with us to get on a caucus candidate, would we lose if there's not some form that the caucus committee is going to nominate them and they're going to move forward? If they have to go through two votes, it's hard enough to be a candidate in the first place, in my mind, to have to go through two votes, one in November and then another one in the general election. And I just wonder if you, you know, as a committee, how many, would it be harder to get people to come and interview with us if that selection isn't formatted? Yeah. Um it's, it's my opinion that the biggest risk to the committee is getting that interest, uh, not only for uh, positions like boards and commissions, but elected positions. And if we had to keep doing that over and over, uh, it would be very, very difficult. So, yeah, I think that's that we, we, it, we struggle to get interest for people to come out and, and join the caucus committee. So to answer your question, yes, I think it would amplify uh, uh, the, the work significantly. It also changes the process too, because I mean, we would have to be, we would have to be prepared for our candidate to be rejected and turn around a new process within 30 days. Now, that's the caucus committee's problem, not yours. So, but if you if you have to change that process to earlier in the year, um, you know, that's that's asking a lot of our community, the, the volunteers coming forward for those candidate positions, as well as the caucus committee, right? I, I think. We do, and to kind of, when I has a great thing going, I mean, also we do what we have. We, we, we as a community meeting, it's our caucus, right? We're the caucus committee just representing you. We have, we can only do with what we have, right? So we operate on a, a very minimal budget, right? And so it would require caucus members throughout the community to donate more to improve processes. So if we did surveys, if we want to collect data, you know, we, we would have to ramp this up, right? I mean, we're working with what we got right now. And I think, you know, to the question or the comment about um, being your comment um, about the machine, I think that's a harsh word, but, but I know what you meant and I agree. I think, but, but that's what we want here in Lake Forest, right? We want a nonpartisan, non-agenda representation in our town and avoid the two-party system political because we don't we we don't litigate we don't talk about regional state national agenda issues we talk about lake forest we maintain what's beautiful in lake forest and you know what's the most beautiful in lake forest it's not that what we see it's not the architecture not the open lands it's it's what we don't see it's it's the people it's the volunteers it's our city staff Right, and that, that we all can agree, and I really appreciate everyone's passion in this room for doing it. I share it too, and this this is what makes Lake Forest and the caucus system great. And I think there's always opportunities for improvement, but 
we are making those improvements as a community as a whole. And so when we have 13, 12 to 15 members every year, it does keep it fresh, right? And in terms of the bylaws picking the executive committee, it's, it's not that the, the 43 or certain members of the community want certain people in executive committee. Executive committee is seven positions that does a lot of the administrative work, right? Sets the meetings, plans, talks with the, with the city to find out what boards and commissioners are, um, are turning off, what we have to search in the following year. We've handled uh, fundraising. Um, we deal with many, many constituents in the community on their comments. And someone needs to do that role, right? And the 40, let's call it the 36, the nine in each four wards, they elect the seven to do that. And the people on executive committee had to have served at least one or two years on, on the caucus to understand the process, what's necessary. And they're not necessarily, like, I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to be vice president. I don't want to be president. I'm no, doing you do, Joe. Come on. Don't I, 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 no, I, I would be happy if you came in the spring and decided not to put me <laughs> Please, forward next year. Because I'll go back to my career and my family. But I do this because I do this. I Yeah, it is being recorded. I'm doing this because I volunteer. I care about this community. I'm giving okay. what it is, and I want to be here. So thank you. So we've got a couple more minutes. And yes, I think multiple people are recording this. So we should have a lot to talk about over the next few days. Uh, all right. So we had some people with hands here. Uh, this gentleman. Just really quick. Sure. Uh, is the caucus a party? It is a political action committee. Correct. Uh, it's a, it's a pack. It's organized. It's a pack. That's correct. It's and not a I, were, party. The question I went back to, I'm going to go back to, are you going to share the wording in advance? The wording of what? What we're voting on. Yes, we have. It, the bylaws are marked up and available on the website. The exact changes that we're proposing are, are available. They've been available for more than almost 30 days. Yes, they're on the website. Absolutely. Uh, there's printouts here we can give out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, I think this young lady had her hand up here on the end. You had mentioned that we are represented by our ward committeemen, and I would just like to un better understand the process about how they're selected, because we get a postcard with only one fewer names than the numbers of people that will serve. And I also wonder, what are the percentages of registered voters that actually turn those cards in? How many people actually submit them? Because quite frankly, I don't know who they are and they don't really campaign for my vote. So I, I'm i not sure how that, and if they are actually my representative, if I elect somebody to the state house or wherever, I expect to know them and to be able to reach them and to be able to contact them. And I'm not able to do that with the people that are supposed to be representing me. So please explain the process. And sure. What amount of people actually return their postcards? So in terms of the amount of people, it's it's well over a thousand a year. I don't know the exact numbers, but it's it's a significant it's a significant amount. Uh, in terms of the process, we solicit we solicit uh, interest from the community for people to come and again determine uh, w the time. Uh, we go through all the merits that we're, we're talking about here. Uh, what, what, what are the capabilities? The wards uh, then identify within, each, within the caucus committee as a whole who they interview those individuals and they identify those that they recommend that would come uh, to serve, that would be good to serve. And they always try to recommend more than we have positions available to provide choices out there. So it's a similar process to 
identifying commission people for commissions and boards. And you had another question, like uh, it eluded me. What was it? Contact how to contact them and how to contact the people that are people that are to with questions. Them, sure. I don't know who they are. I don't know them. Yeah, so what we generally do is try to provide a, as detailed as appropriate bio of who these people are and what they've accomplished to give a, a, an understanding in the community of who they are. In terms of contact, we don't provide that contact information. So there is no, that isn't part of the process right now. You, you can now, you could reach the current caucus committee representatives through the website. You can, you can email your war chair and reach the war chair individually on the website. Only the war chair right now. There's emails for the war. For yeah, they're all there. Every single one. I, I think we're talking about two different things. We're talking about the election and the and how do you contact the people in the spring? Sure. Okay. Sure. So there is a contact information on the on the website for the war chair. The reason we go through the war chair is we want to ensure that there is a response by the caucus committee. So the war chair is responsible for ensuring that there is a response. So it goes through the war chair. That is how we determined and and uh, how it, it, we will best provide a response to people. Sometimes people don't always respond, so that's why it goes through the war chair on the website. Any other questions? Is, yeah, is that different than it was in the past? I, I didn't, wasn't there, they used to, I mean, I, I looked through, you know, I've been looking through a lot of old literature, I've been looking yeah. through literature back in 2013, and everyone's name was listed, email was listed, telephone number was listed. Sure. Now it says Ward 1, Ward 2, Ward 3, Ward 4 chair. You know, that was one of, in the email you sent it. You could reach out to us. And then yeah, I go to a webpage and there's four emails. Yeah. We're not even links to emails. That, that go through. Why is it that if, if we're talking transparency, this is going to make things more transparent, why wouldn't it be a caucus email address, not a personal email address? Is it because we're worried about FOIAs? Is it because we're worried? No, there's no worry. I think that's just the way it's been. And I think it's a good, John, it's a good suggestion, and we'll, we'll take it under consideration. I don't think there's, there's anything that we're opposed to. I think the motivation is to ensure that there's a feedback loop. I, I, I could speak to my experience. I, this is my fourth year, and I have seen nothing different. And I have heard nobody on the caucus committee come to me and suggest there was they're not there for some reason. So it's a good suggestion, and I think we'll, we'll take it under consideration, which is to enable in people in the community to contact each one of their representatives individually. Some of these representatives aren't very savvy with computers, I can tell you that, or email. So there are certain... Uh, provisions we have in here to ensure a response. That's why right now we're confident that a response should be afforded going to the work chair. But it's a good suggestion. And telephone numbers if they don't use the computer would be helpful. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, please. Chris, uh, you said earlier this evening, if I understood you correctly, that the vote that was held last November that you didn't feel that the outcome was representative of the community. I, I think you're referring to the vote at the annual, annual meeting. meeting, correct? The yes, no, or fail. Yes. You did not feel that it was representative. My question is, do you feel the group of people here tonight are representative of the community? I think if they are. Would you consider 
calling a giant timeout on these changes right now in the interest of transparency, in the interest of education, and maintaining or regaining some of the caucus support that has been lost. And I am a former board chair and executive committee member years ago as well, and a very strong supporter, but I know several people here tonight who are in a similar position, who I think we have some similar feelings. We really want to support the, the caucus, but uh-uh, uh-uh. You heard from a president over here earlier, and I think that pretty much sums up the feeling. So would you reconsider between now and a week from now? So a couple questions. Uh, do I feel like this is representative of the community? I think this is a very, very, very small subset of the community. I don't say that anybody's voices in this room are any less important than the 15,950 other people in the community. But we do have to consider the other 15,950 people in the community that aren't in this room tonight. We can't make decisions based on 50 people. So the people that are elected as representatives on the caucus committee are charged with making decisions and recommendations in the best interest of the entire community, which is all 16,000 people. Uh, your question is, will I personally pull this off? The, um, uh, no, I'm not going to do that personally. Uh, we've, we've come together as a caucus committee, and we have established the rationale why we want to do this. I completely respect why people in the community might not agree with us, my objective tonight was to provide the rational for it and answer questions, but we feel this is in the best interest of the community for the caucus into the, and going into the future. Uh, yes? Um, was notification of this meeting on the caucus website tonight on the caucus website? I, I don't believe it was. Okay, so yes. Yeah. And that, that's my mistake. I, uh, we just it. We sent out an email, and we should have put it on the website. Uh, part, part of the part of the part of the problem here was getting availability uh, to do this, and um, that that was one of the challenges. So yes, that's my fault. This doesn't mean that there will not be fifty people at the annual meeting. And if everyone has any questions, they could certainly send us. And we've been sending out lots of communications to our. Hold on, Aniko. Hold on. We've been sending out lots of lots of emails to ask people if they have questions to impart their feelings. It just doesn't have to be at a meeting. You can you can contact us. Yes, there's all kinds of more additional email addresses we could put on our website, but there are ways to get a hold of us. So, Aniko, please. So, if I can just add a point of information, um, the meeting time and location was announced on Facebook and Instagram, which are push channels. The website is not a push channel, and we do split up the work according to whoever has uh, different technical abilities. Um, so we put it out through three different things, which is our email, our Instagram, and our Facebook. Um, our website generally has all our major announcements, but you didn't have this one. Yeah. Okay, Joanne. My question is, since you seem to be concerned about the number of people that show up, I wonder, is there a baseline number that show up at the annual meeting that overrule your recommendation here that you would consider valid? Call it 5%. You know, we, we've talked a lot about different approaches to this, and um, we, we feel that this is the best approach that we did discuss 
having putting on a specific number. We did talk about it. People that show up, you will consider a valid representation, no matter how few or how many they are relative to the vote. Yeah, I understand your question. I understand. So I th- we did discuss that, and we felt that this was the, the approach that we wanted to take. This yeah. this gentleman here. I have an answer. How about 60%? <laughs> that was one of the people, that was one of the, the numbers that people took. Sure, exactly. So, And we're past time here. We're, we're almost 10 after 8. Um, I'd like to afford one or two more questions and, and close the meeting up at, at 10 minutes after. Yes. Could uh, hold on, everybody. We're we've got a question here. Yeah. I'll try to speak louder. We've got fifteen thousand eight hundred seventy-four registered voters. Fifteen thousand eight hundred seventy-four registered voters at the last election. We've got we've got a question. Okay. So please. I'm just having a disconnect here. About last year's vote, of the 300 people that came out, and then the caucus convened to look at the bylaws, and I figured that the caucus was saying to itself, how could we avoid this terrible situation in the future? It has divided our community. How do we change the bylaws to put this all back together so if we have a contested vote, it doesn't become, what's the word? So, but now what you said, Chris, was that the caucus didn't see it as a disenfranchisement of the voters. The caucus actually feels that its decision to support one candidate and and not just have another election or put both candidates forward and let us choose. That you didn't feel the caucus didn't feel that way. The caucus it feels vindicated and is doubling down again instead of opening up the process. Am I characterizing that? Yeah, I, I'm. I, I, what the, what I what I would say is that we felt that the. Um, the results of the election last year vindicated that we made the right choice in the candidate. That's what I was trying to convey. So there was not, these bylaws had nothing to do with avoiding those kinds of situations. These bylaws are focused on the purposes that I've described to ensure that going forward, there isn't a disruption that there isn't a risk of a disruption of us being able to put forward a candidate and that candidate being clear on who he or she is that we're going to support in the election. Okay. I have so many questions. Sure, and we could spend some time here. I could spend some time here. We've got a few more minutes. But but we need to bring the meeting to a close because we've been we've been 10, 10 minutes after. One more thing about your process. Okay. committee, and that subcommittee, I don't know how, I'm asking how many people are on it and who, 
where are they from? Is it equal by ward or something? Um, and so that subcommittee now finds and vets aldermanic candidates, and one or two of those candidates now goes to the ward committee. Is that? Sure. So I think you're, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, Romy. And let me try to. I, let me try to phrase it and let me know if I get this wrong. Okay, so what Romy is referring to is this year, as a caucus committee, we decided to have a group. Anybody on the caucus committee could be part of this group. We'll call it the subcommittee, but subcommittee sounds really superficial. We'll just all, call it a group. We, uh, a group of the caucus committee could join uh, together and work together to find the best qualified city council candidates. That's how we decided to do our search. The reason we decided to do it this way this year is because we wanted um, as many perspectives as possible on who the candidates should be to represent Lake Forest. The city council candidates, first and foremost, have a duty to represent all of Lake Forest in the city of Lake Forest. Um, and then they also have a duty for their wards. So that's the process we used. We, we had a group of people that worked together to find across anybody who wanted to, any of the wards, to uh, find the, the city council candidates. And this is not any sort of a procedure that is ensconced or codified in caucus committee processes or even the bylaws. Well, but why would it change out the ward? Because of that distinction that aldermen are supposed to be basically at large now. They vote for the whole community. So for their it's what I explained. It's like it's we wanted the most uh, we wanted the, the maximum number of people looking at these important candidates. Mm -hmm. We didn't want it just to be isolated to a singular group. We wanted it to open to anybody and everybody in the ward could have chosen to be part of it. And other people in other words could have been chosen. So that's the reasoning for it. So how do we know who that group is? How do you know who that group is? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if I want to be alderman, I want to call on those people. Well, that's not how our process works. We call, you're not going to campaign to the individual people on the caucus committee and try to convince them that, that you're going to be alderman. We engage people in the community, and they come before the committee and engage us. There's not a campaign to try to convince individuals on the caucus committee that they're they should be aldermen or not. This is the caucus committee following our process to engage and seek the information. It's clearly a two-way process, but it's, it, it shouldn't be construed as, we, we shouldn't allow people to just reach out to committee members and politic. I don't think that would be a good idea. Okay, one more question. It's at 15 after, sure. I hear correctly there are 15,800 registered voters. About 16,000, yes. And we get about 1,000 cards in for caucus members a year? About, yeah. So we're comfortable with 6% of the elected body electing the caucus members who select the mayoral candidate, but not comfortable with a very small minority of people coming to this meeting and saying no? Is that right? Saying to the annual meeting. Yeah, so we're very comfortable with 6% of the, of the voting population selecting the caucus members, but then not comfortable with a very small minority of the population come out and saying no. He's saying is they're this is making your comfort vote. Yeah. They're different. They're different this, votes. This is when, when you actually have a vote to elect your 
your caucus committee member. The other one they're both, is actually, a... Joe, they're both points of feedback. But, 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 the, the, yeah, but to Joe's point, they are different votes. I understand that. Right? They are, they are different votes, right? The, these are... The, the, you, those meetings, someone has to have physically come to the meeting next week. There's no absentee process. So That's so, correct. Whereas the cards, anyone who's a resident can vote. So, That's correct. So, I mean, we, people are physically incapacitated. I have a kid away at school. He can't vote next week at the meeting, but he can, he can return a card. So I think, you know, I think it's a more open process. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I want to thank everybody for coming. A lot of great questions. I'll stick around for a few more minutes here for another 15 minutes if anyone would like to have any further questions. But thank you. Hello. I'm just going to make sure we're not streaming right now. Hey, Pete, we're not doing any recording, no, are we, right up. now? Turn it up. All right. Well, that was a fun shit show. Oh, why? <laughs> well, democracy is messy, that's for sure. Because I know specifically they had the before and after of the, the bylaws on there, and it's just... So. No, I mean, it was, it was about what I expected. I expected it to be this way, and it didn't disappoint. I mean, and the, the Q&A, I think of all the people talking, there was... Um, yeah? Yeah. There was... There was um, well, here. It, 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 it was not a true Q&A, because everybody had a loaded statement, and maybe they had a question like, and so will you stop killing the babies? I mean, it was like, you know, it was like, I mean, there was, there was this. Joe, I, I, <laughs> it was very few legitimate points made. I mean, legitimate points, but there were very few legitimate questions actually asked in the there, Q&A. There were statements. There yeah, were it was questions. all statements. Was everybody it was, getting up and it was giving all a statement? Was it all liberal statements? Uh, you know, I don't know. I think uh, Mike Adams, I believe, is a Republican, but um, I don't know the partisanship. It, it certainly leans, skews Democrat. Yeah. But I, I, I think the caucus, as, well, they said, as they stated tonight, they said they want to keep a partisan agenda out. And they talked, you know, they made a lot of references to Winnetka tonight and said, we want a platform. We want to have the caucus survey the residents and have a platform. Um, what last is the, I what checked, is, what Winnetka has, 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 has skewed very to the left. Right, that's why they want to do it. Government. You know, and, and Lake Forest has 
to their credit, stayed out of. They're not going to, you know, they were trying to make the mayoral election um, a referendum on the presidential election. Yeah. And it's it's not. It, it has, it, it's all about local issues. And the few issues, again, the question I always bring up with these folks that I would have, maybe I'll ask them at their forum, um, what problem do they actually have with how the city is being run? They talk about, oh, this issue over on this block and this issue on that block and this whole transparency, which yeah. I'm not so sure how their transparency group, how transparent well, they are. I did like turquoise they socks. Have, they haven't. <laughs> nice socks. Um, but they, to the best of my knowledge, they're doing all this campaigning and they haven't filed a report with the State Board of Elections and their candidate for mayor purposely hid her expenses yeah. until after the mayoral election so they wouldn't know she was hiring um, national political consultants. So and Prue, the, the, the transparency cuts both ways, you know. Prue, thank you for wearing your mask today. Oh, is that Prue with the mask? Oh, I yeah. I see her. Oh, I want to go. Oh, she was hello. back there. I didn't catch it. Oh, well. Well, she, she probably had some uh, sickness. Can I have another uh, refreshment here, please? Thank you. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I didn't catch that she was there. So, uh, but you know that room, it does something to me. I get in there and get a fireside uh, chat going. I think the meeting ran a little long, and I kind of yeah, lost my yeah. patience. You know, yeah, you did. Uh, I'm not a little worried there that I was going to have to physically hold you back a couple times. No, no, there was no. I wasn't that much. <laughs> it wasn't going to happen. But uh, in your bike. <laughs> well, no, it's yeah, I, look. There was a lot of hypocrisy. Uh, Thank you. Of that. And I think and, I, I give credit to Chris Bennis and Joe Ritty. They helped, they stayed cool and calm. Uh, that's why they're in the positions yeah. that they are, and I'm not. And, and that's why I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> uh, how many times did they lecture you tonight that you do nothing? <laughs> I mean, I could hear that. A couple of people saying, What the hell you do, pal? And, you know. Well. I got in some guy's face, and I guess he was on the caucus. Let's see how many people ago. in this town know who you are versus who he is. But that's another. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to measure myself. I'm not going to measure myself against you know, that. Like, like I said, I always look at what's the end game here. That's what that, to me. And I was thinking, what's the end game? Do they? What is it they want? I mean, do they want Randy Tax scalp? I mean, it seems like they're still angry that Randy Tack is the mayor, yet they can't give a reason why Randy Tack shouldn't be the mayor. He's doing a good job. They're upset that he didn't go to a train meeting like seven years ago or ten years ago. I mean, that train issue, Mayor Pandolina was on our show and said it's pure demagoguery what they did on that issue. Um, so, I, I, again... If there was a burning issue, if there was something really bad going on in our city, the quality of life was going way down citywide, I, I would be sympathetic to it, but they, they've yet to give a reason other than they're upset that their person didn't get selected. Yeah, the wine club people. Developers. There's <laughs> anything wrong with wine. But, I uh, drink beer. But, but you know, <laughs> Turkle is back there. I never knew what he looked like till tonight. So now you know. Yeah, now I know. Great socks, dude. Hey, we can pick some out for that. Transparent, very transparent. <laughs> they weren't transparent. Thank no, goodness. Were. You know, no, his clothes weren't not. That's fine. Uh, I don't have an issue with the so, man's clothes. 
So uh, this vote. We'll go on your show still, John. Come on. We'll come on. No, come absolutely on not. I don't want nothing to do. <laughs> you come on. We'll, do the, we'll still do the. Anybody wears socks like that? I just. We'll can't. still do the joint. Well, they don't have video on their on their podcast, right? Oh, he was videoing on his iPhone. Well, maybe they'll finally have video because all their guests are audio only. Well, you know they take clips out. Yeah, well, they well they, they know they, how to do they, it. They pre-wrote the questions to prove. Uh, she thanked them for giving the questions in advance. We don't do that. Well, let's show. see. But yeah, I, I just you know the meeting itself. Look, there's going to be a vote next week. What is the threshold they need to get to? It's like two thirds. Two thirds. Now that's. I'm gonna tell you that's a tall order when you think about it. Um, Especially if you have this angry mob that I don't think represents the uh, the community as a whole. You know, like I like I said in the meeting um, towards the end, my son is a resident. He's a voter. He can't physically vote at this meeting because he's away at college. What like a flying? What I didn't hear anybody ask was, and I last thing I was going to do I was going to ask questions because I was making my own statements, but nobody asked, well, what happens if this gets voted down? Well, you keep going with this, and then the the, the, Prue, the Prue and Sue show continues. Uh, it gets extended for another season on uh, your favorite TV network. How know. much is Prue going to spend on the election? Well, look, it's, it's, Melanie? they're trying to get the band back. Maybe it is Melanie. I don't know. But they're trying to get the band back together. You know, they, Again, the whole thing that a lot upset a lot of people in the election was that they, they brought Susan Garrett, a former Democrat state senator, partisan state senator. Forget that she's a Democrat. Could have been a Republican. But they're bringing in this very partisan person and saying, oh, we're nonpartisan. Well, you know, they they haven't learned what it was that alienated them from the majority of the community, all right? They don't want Susan Garrett or any partisan political figure being a heavyweight and and stepping in to these local nonpartisan elections, all right? And they didn't want, in the case of Bruce, she continues to give money to Eric. Reinhardt, and they, that was a big issue too by Kim Fox for criminal justice. But, um, you know, I, I, again, I think the, the need, there is no there is no burning reason to change, make this change other than we're upset that our people didn't get a shot. They, they, they bring up these little peripheral issues here and there. They bring up the false premise that Prue wasn't selected because she was a woman, which is BS. Again, it was it, it, for every person that was there tonight. There was a hundred people sitting at home, you know, watching the World Series or Monday Night Football, um, like we're doing here now at Duffins. Yeah. And and, um, and loving life in Lake Forest. You know, the squeaky. It's it's the classic case. There's the silent majority. Now the big issue is, will the silent majority, enough of them, yeah. show up to Gorton Center next week when it counts? Well, it's roughly 60-40, Randy winning, right? Yeah. I mean, they were. It's one for one, right? This is the time so, But but <laughs> well, no, it was. Randy won with 60, but there was uh, it wasn't just Prue running. I mean, it was a smidgen of the other guy. But... Oh, oh, Hammond. Yeah. yeah. But 
I'm just saying for the meeting, you know, they okay. So a year ago, they quote unquote won the pack the place contest, but then the following spring, when they had the the meeting to confirm the officers, um, they didn't win, and the vote, if I recall, mirrored what the election results were of uh, Randy versus Prue. So. No, I guess this is the tie-breaking vote. So will people, you know, hey, you're all watching at home. Um, if you feel like we do, that things are great in Lake Forest, we don't need this change, get over to Gorton Center um, yeah. next, on, was it Monday night? Um, we'll put the times up on the screen because I don't know it offhand. I don't want to say we'll, the wrong We'll time. put it right here. <laughs> if you can see us yeah. or hear us and it's on in the, the caucus, dark. Unlike what they're saying, it is on the caucus website. Um, but, it, you know, and get there because if you... If you don't, they will get there. Trust it's going to be a bunch got, of wine and cheese are eaters. Are they going to bust people in? For, I hear they're going to hold a little... Um, yeah, Ravinia. And they're going to do a thing at a Lake Forest place, a little form. Are they going to bust people in? Is it going to be like uh, election day with voting at the nursing homes? And you know. But the people in that room, you had an ex-caucus president who was my president my first year, and wet noodle leadership and and would shame people to donate money to pitch in for contested elections for the school board. And you're not supposed to do that. And now he's coming. He had his he had his uh, time at the uh, at bat to do something, and he didn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm gonna plead that I didn't live here yet, so yeah. I don't know all that. But but yeah, you're right. I mean, there's certainly and there isn't there isn't. I think there is a concern about you know the there, there's a disconnect between the caucus people that are running the school district and the caucus yeah. people that are running or elected to city council and we're seeing that, that is big hopefully if, 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 if mr montgomery does come on the show we got we got he's got some explaining to do um about that because lake forest is keeping lake city of lake forest oh, is keeping taxes yeah. down and uh lake forest high school's tax into the max and that's not exactly what they said they do during the referendum all of a sudden montgomery wants to come on the shows now he'll probably do the damage control he'll do the liberal one first and then come on the mainstream one? Yeah, uh, he can. We're the mainstream one. Whatever. I, I have no a, one's going to accuse I, Mick Lesser and me of being far right. I, I have a, I have an open <laughs> mind, uh, Joe. You 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 witnessed that tonight in the meeting. Yeah, you were. Uh, you got a little vocal there. I kind of just sat back and I had, boy, I had bad flashbacks though to school board meetings back in the day during a teacher strike when people would be packed in the room, upset that we weren't settling the contract yet, and like. We're not settling it because we're not at a point we feel comfortable financially for the for the parents. But I, I've learned, you know, this is why people don't want to be on boards and, and get involved because they'd have to sit through this, and it's the same. Look, I'm all. This is not North Korea. People have a right to say what they want to say, but I think at times there's this drone of the same like uh, little club. We call it the wine club. Yeah. Um, maybe they had some pinot. wine and cheese they eaters, pinot and colorful for socks. The, uh, <laughs> before the meeting, they offered some pinot in the lot, the parking lot. They all came from. Yeah, <laughs> they took the yacht in. They, uh, um, they're at which club? No, but um, <laughs> Valencia or uh, sure. But uh, the, well, uh, <laughs> Valencia, that's a big joke. Yeah. That's where the caucus started. Was it? I thought it was the basement of First Press. 
Uh, uh, well, I, the money guys are all now Wednesday. Yeah. It's a, but I don't know. I don't know. It's either, messy, but, but it's still the best yeah, game in town. I think, I, like I said, I mean, you look. You have been vocal about some things you felt. Or I mean, you call them as you see them, Pete. Right? I yeah, mean, you're no, rubber, you're no rubber stamp for the caucus. That's oh. for sure. But another Gatorade, please. <laughs> He's very dehydrated. I love it. And uh, he, but but you tell me, what did you think? I've been talking. Uh, for, it know. was interesting to see the people that have their picture online and then you see them in life. <laughs> That's not you. You could, yeah, like, <laughs> you might want to update that. That's from 1988. Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> or did you, did you Photoshop that? I, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. there was... Whatever yeah, you know, it's, I, I, did, I, I know what you're saying. There, this right? is, a, I guess, this is what a democracy is like, and uh, we'll find out. Right? Well, I, 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 I give credit to Chris Bendis and Joe Reedy and and Sakia. Sakia. Forgive me, Sakia. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Sakia. I called her Saquon. She was. But they stood in the line of fire. They took the bullets. And I think they, they kept their composure. They were very respectful to anybody. Um, yeah. Um, they, and they, they, you know, even when they disagreed, I think it was done in a respectful way. And, you know, we'll find out next week, I guess. I, I don't know. Come, but you ought to come to Gordon Center because. Yeah. Um, if you don't vote, you're voting with the majority. Yeah, I mean, the silent majority needs to not be so silent. Maybe we we need to have a post. Uh, we need to have a post party uh, at Duffers. Well, are you gonna? Well, are you gonna to go encourage people to come? I don't know. It's a four and a half hour window. Yeah. Are you going to uh, go to the other sessions? I don't know yet. I haven't. I I'm gonna think about it. Um, maybe I'll go Wednesday night. Um, like, what could be? What would be different? Listen. What would be different from... I like to hear it. I'd like to hear what they... I, I still want to know what is the burning issue that compelled, that compelled you to want to change this? Because it, it, at the end of the day, I, how many times did John Turkle say Randy Tack's name when he spoke? Multiple times. He clearly does not like Randy Tack. Okay, fair. Look, when you're, when you're elected, I'm sure there's people that don't like us. Whatever. No. <laughs> But, and look, any elected, no, even though, even if you go to the Lake Forest every, bookstore, you don't like every. Me. Okay, every elected official has their detractors, right? That's part of the business. So I'm sure Randy has his detractors, as every other person does. But it just seems like they're all upset about Randy, but they can't give a reason other than they don't like Randy. And but is, is there something he's doing wrong as mayor that you would? feel that you would do differently and again this whole transparency ruse yeah is, it cuts both ways they're not very transparent where's your where's their statement their public they, they have a direct mail uh they have a direct email thing class going out they have yeah. a website those things are not free all right where's your statement of of uh, the illinois state board of elections because you're flirting with campaign finance law violations. And you know, their candidate purposely waited until after election day to file her um, 
all of her expenses. Now, yeah. was it legal? Yes, but was it transparent? Hell no. Um, oh, those so, guys. You know, I mean, and, and you know, I read a, I went, uh, let me go see if I can find that study, but I read somewhere, you know what the most transparent uh, state in the country is in terms of state and local government? California. Can anyone in this planet possibly tell me California is the best run state in the country? No. So, I mean, yes, you shouldn't have, we shouldn't have like Mike Madigan style government where there's, you know, everybody's putting their buddies on the payroll and you don't know about it and stuff like that. That's wrong. So, yes, but the city puts everything on the website. I mean, the finances, Elizabeth Olive does all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, everything's there. Every single check they write, whatever. Um, so, it's there, but it's just this whole, like, you know, they're, they're just, they're, they're really grasping for straws. And I, I don't know. I don't know. Is it an attention thing? Like, well, you know, love to ask him. I don't think they're going to come on well, after tonight. <laughs> Whenever the door had been open, I think half of them slammed the door. They in put face. some nails on there. I've always wanted. You know, look, I, I, I Joe, you wanted for office. No, you, I'm you not. Go, you I'm go not. Over and you no, do no, no, no. I served my 12-year sentence. I mean, term. Yeah. <laughs> Then they're done that. Well, hopefully you go see what goes on at these other things. But uh, I got a feeling if I wasn't in that room, some other things might have been said. I don't know. You keep them honest, Pete. That's what I'm here for, Joe. That's what I'm here for. So, Chris and Joe, here's to you, boys. This Bud's for you or Michelob uh, Ultra. Sequoia, Sakia, <laughs> Akia, Saquon. Jeez. Great job. We love Aniqua. you. We love you. Anika. Anika. You're great. We love you, Anika. We, we do. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the caucus, you got some stuff to do. It's been well documented and still the best game in town. Yeah. Hopefully you heard and saw some of this. This is directly after the uh, caucus. What did they call that again? Uh, informational meeting? Informational. I don't know. I don't know. Informational meeting, yeah. All right. Over and out. Over and out. Go Scouts. Go Scouts, that's right. All right. You can't go Wednesday night, huh? or you just don't want to go? I am, won't even be here. Are you after now? Minnesota. Oh, really? The only state what Ronald Reagan lost. That's what I think of Minnesota. If you want to. <laughs> Sorry. Um... The Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focusing on hard-to-find small batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Gangier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. 
Navy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest own Mike Havey. Check them out at HaveyCommunications.com. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters. Otto, John C., Helen, and Herrick. 